0: Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports, and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution.
1: And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary, and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us.
0: Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have and be as women. Hello and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. It is so lovely to be back in this space um, with you, Erin. How are you doing, my friend? What has been going on? Where are we in life?
1: Hey, well, you know, we're here on the back of um, another fabulous workshop series. Um, we are a day after or, you know, most people are still in International Women's Day, which has been like a really nice reminder of um, the fact that actually the world is changing and um and, and you know like with all the heaviness and all of the tension and all of the difficulty that people are facing in the world right in this moment to have women shining their lights and saying actually like i'm over here and i'm okay and i'm i'm here to support the the people around me that's been a really nice kind of shift to see um so Yeah, grateful for that. Grateful for you. Nice to see your face as always and um, excited to get back into recording. It's been a little while since we've been in this space and we've got lots and lots of words and lots of exciting things to talk about.
0: Yeah, we totally have. And I love that you brought up International Women's Day because I was just exactly the same, just this lovely sense of just wonder and awe for the women who are putting themselves out there and doing this amazing work. And it just feels like there is this this change in the energy around what we're doing. I mean, it still pisses me off that we're still fighting for pay equality. We're still fighting for all of the stuff that we're still fighting for. And there's a part of me that's like, seriously, are we still having that conversation? But at the same time, there are some people who make some really big differences and some and it feels like it's easier to have those conversations. We might not necessarily be getting the results we want yet, but at least we're all having them and more people are having them. And um, that's someone's got to listen at some stage. Right. Um But today we're I'm excited about today's topic because it's certainly something that I've had to work through. I know it's something that you've had to work through and I know it's something that. Pretty much every woman we speak to has to work through. So hopefully it's going to resonate with our listeners. And it is all about why we struggle to put ourselves
1: first. Why do you struggle to put yourself first, Erin? Because, Ellie, because I'm not worthy of putting myself first. <laughs> no, I. It, it, you're right. It's totally something I've struggled with for many, many years. And um, I've watched, you know, people that I love very much struggle with it. I've watched people that I don't even like very much struggle with it. Um, it's it's a universal language, I think, for women um, to put others first, to place their value on the roles that they play within the world rather than themselves. And we're starting to see shifts around that. And I know we've had conversations very recently about how what we're noticing in the next generation coming through around how firm they are in their own power and their own space and i guess their sense of identity as well right but for for me putting myself first has always been a deeply uncomfortable thing i have spent i come from a a gen like a long long generational line of women who don't put themselves first and you know who never complained about it like it was never a thing where you you know you were told oh I always have to put everyone first or anything like that, but you could see in the way that they were in the world, that their value that they took for themselves was around how they showed up for everybody else. And, you know, I I carried that for a really long time and I had to do a lot of work to unlearn that behavior. Um, And I still struggle with it quite a lot at times. Um, I know you're forever telling me to stop it. That's one, yeah, that's one thing that you tell me to stop all the time. Um, One of many, but you know, I think, and I, I see, um, I see other women around me that are struggling with it or that are starting to make changes. And that's really inspiring. I think to see other women stepping up and saying, actually, I have to say no to that because if I say yes to that, I'm saying no to something that I need right now. And so, yeah, like it is, it is a nice shift. It'd be nice if it happened a little bit faster and if it was a little bit easier and it was a little bit more talked about, I think. So um here here we are doing exactly that, right?
0: Uh, so true. And I think it's such a difficult thing for women. I don't think I don't think men struggle with it really at all. And I do think it's because we've been told not to. Like we've simply been told that we're not meant to put ourselves first. And all of the words that come when you do put yourself first, when you think about actually you know, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. There is this, like, you're selfish, you know. What about your children? What about your partner? What about every? Like, there's so many stories. There's so much narrative about it being a bad thing to put yourself first that it's not surprising that we don't and i mean like it was created by the the lovely patriarchy you know it was a very very good story to tell women so that we actually behaved ourselves and and started to believe this complete load of bullshit which you know it actually is let's call it out for what it is yeah um we've we've got to put ourselves first because if we are not functioning if we are not firing on all cylinders if our bucket is empty we're useless to everybody else and we seem to kind of forget about that we kind of forget that I mean I know that when I'm empty when I've been like literally and I still struggle I still struggle to put myself first because of all of those little voices all of the oh you mustn't do that oh you're a bad mum. or you're a bad wife you're a bad friend you're bad 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 bad." you know that's everything that I get and it's like but if I don't do this then actually I will be a bad mum because I will be grumpy I will be I won't listen. I won't be present. I won't be willing to make space, hold space or support. And yet somehow society's told me that that's better than me going, you know what? I'm actually going to go for a walk. I'm going to put my headphones in. I'm going to be for an hour and I'm going to come back with my cup filled and I'm going to be able to just give so much more. Like it's such when you actually break it down. It's such a weird thing that we've been taught to believe and that we've just kind of taken on as, yep, no, that's it. Yep. Putting myself first. That's a bad thing to do. It's, it's just weird. It just confuses me that we've allowed these thoughts to, to define how we show up in the world.
1: Yeah. I think it's really interesting, right. That, that we've kind of told ourselves or that the, the narrative has been that when we, when we give to ourselves, there's a cost for everybody that we care about, right? Like if I if I spend time and energy on on myself on replenishing myself, going for a walk, having a bath, whatever it is, um that somehow I'm taking away from my partner, my children, my friends, my work, whatever it is. And so we've kind of got wrapped up in this narrative of you can't have both and you can't show up in both and if you give to yourself, you're naturally costing somewhere else in a way that you shouldn't feel good about and I mean you're absolutely right like the minute that we start to show up for ourselves better you know offering ourselves more time more energy um, space to replenish space to heal space to grow when we do that we inherently show up better for everybody around us because we're a better version of ourselves and we're a more full version of ourselves. And yeah, like that narrative that we have really needs to shift. And it's interesting. I was having a conversation that just this week around um like the cyclic nature of our menstrual cycle and how like we go through phases every month as women where our energy is really low and we feel really depleted and um, it's harder to keep our mental um, mental health like up and and well. Our emotional stability is not quite as good as we might like. And and how you know many 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 years ago, before the patriarchal systems exist that exist now, I think you know women used to they used to be given the opportunity to go away and and rest in that period of time, there was no expectation for them to be, you know, cooking dinner or caring for children or any of that sort of stuff that was taken care of by the other women around them, by the older women. Um, And that, I think that's an important thing to recognize is that actually, you know, back when that was an option for us as women to rest when our energy required that of us, we had the support of, our mothers and grandmothers to take care of our children, to feed the family, the the village, whatever. Um, And we don't have that now, right? Like that's not available to us with the same ease that it once was. But we're also in a situation now where women don't all bleed at the same time like they used to either. And so I think we can still access that sense of support, that communal caring for each other providing space for each other to rest Um, because there will be times when you know when you're lower in energy than I am and vice versa and and that's just an important opportunity for us to step up for for the other and to serve from that place that we love so much I love that you brought up cycles and stuff like that because it is something that I think we're becoming more
0: aware of and it was interesting. I was talking to a friend's daughter the other day and, you know, we were, sort of, we were just openly talking about our cycles and all, all of the stuff that goes with it. And I I don't remember, you know, older women talking about that when I was a teenager, like apart from at school when you had the really awkward lesson, you know, where you got given, you know, the the free pack of sanitary pads and, you know, told to go away and try and sort of work it out. Like, That's all I remember about it. There was never like open conversation. And I do think we were kind of taught that to hide it, you know, that that really awkward if you were ever on your period and you needed to take a tampon, you'd have to put it up your sleeve and, you know, skulk off to the toilet. Or if you're in the office, you'd always take your handbag. Like there was no just being open about what was going on. And I just think how much more powerful can women be if we actually just owned it? I mean, like interestingly for me, it's probably like the last two or three days before I bleed where I have like no energy. I am spent. I'm just like, do not even like ask anything of me oh yeah I know I know I I know. you know I know you know I'm giving lots of too much information to the listeners but once I start then I'm like my energy's like back up and I'm ready and raring to go and it's a really rapid shift too oh like it's literally almost (laughs) you know I can click my fingers and it's better but if I actually allow myself that time to feel that you know to not to put myself first to actually feel that I'm feeling really low in energy and I'm feeling just everything's just a bit difficult and I'm very low tolerance of um people who annoy me um and well actually just people in general but it's not for very long so if I can just own it and like sit in it and just be like you know what I'm just gonna pull the shutters down for 24 hours. I get through it so much quicker, whereas I never used to do that. And then I'd be annoyed at myself for, you know, feeling pissed off about stuff that I shouldn't do. And then that I didn't have the energy to do. And all of those stories about, you know, that I'm weak and that I can't do it and that I'm failing and all of the stuff, which, you know, again, just makes, is not helpful at any stage in life, but particularly when your hormones are all over the show, you know, we don't want to be in those failure and misery (laughs) moments. But it's like, but that's what we've been taught. You know, we were taught that you just had to carry on. You've got to, you know, just keep on going. Show, you know, cycles like, you know, you don't see men sitting and wasting. Oh, you know, like, it's almost like it was a bad thing. And you just think, geez, without that, we wouldn't be able to grow humans inside of us and that is pretty fundamental to the existence of the human race so could we have a little bit of respect for it yeah (laughs)
1: yeah right and I think um you know that cyclic stuff is is really important when we're talking about why we don't put ourselves first or why we should put ourselves first because you know we we live in a society that is very linear you know we have a like when when we talk about having a a job. It's that nine to five or that Monday to Friday thing. It's that concept of I'm at the start of the line and I need to get to the finish of the line and then I can rest. And actually like that's not how we're built as women. Right. And so when we think about like the ability to rest, um, and you know, we're we're blessed that we are building a business where That cyclic nature of who we are as women is is able to be honoured a lot more than we might if we were in a corporate role, right? Where we were working for someone else and we were required to be in that patriarchal linear sort of process all the time, hierarchical structure that squashes the man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I think the the important thing to remember is that we are really cyclic beings, and we do have to. Um, there are times of the month where we can show up really, really powerfully for others. And then there are times when we need to really powerfully show up for ourselves. And, um, and I don't think we should be apologetic about that. I don't think we should be making excuses for that. I think that there, the more that we do it, we give the people around us permission to do it for themselves. There's certainly been conversations in our household, you know, obviously we're a, a, a two mother household um, so our poor sons have two mums who get all PMS and gross and angsty and, you know, grumpy and tired and all of the things. Um, and not always at the same time, bless us. And so, so our, our boys are really conscious of that, but they're also much better at stepping up and saying, I'm really tired. Can I just, I need to rest tonight. Can I not do X, Y, Z, like whatever it is. So last night, One of my children was like, I want to go for a walk. So I was like, great, let's go for a walk. I said to his brother, do you want to come with us? He's like, honestly, my body just feels really tired. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you stay home and just veg out on the sofa, watch some TV or whatever, and we'll go for a walk. And we did. And it was lovely. The one-on-one time was really, really nice. And it was perfect. And we got home and my son had gone and taken himself off and he had a bath while we were gone. And he just like, he replenished. And it feels very much like the more that we honour ourselves and the more that we show that that's necessary and okay, um, we give our children permission to do that too, whether they're male or female.
0: Well, we're changing what success looks like, aren't we? We're not not subscribing to the being really busy. It always used to make me laugh when people go, oh, how are you doing? I'm so busy. I'm so busy at the moment. I've got so much on. It's just It's like it was a badge of honour. And, I mean, I remember when I was, you know, working – Back in the UK, you know, if you weren't in the office but by 7.30, 8 o'clock, oh, lying this morning, if you left before 6, oh, clocking off early, it's like, well, i am actually only paid from 9 till 5. Well, why should I be here longer? But the expectation was always to be doing what other people saw as, you know, what made you successful. And I think you're right, it's really lovely that, you know, I remember as a child being, you know, just five more minutes, I just want to stay up for five more minutes, and being really, like, not wanting to... You know, go to sleep and rest because it just wasn't something that was seen as good in our house. Like, you only rested if you were sick, or you only like it wasn't a normal thing, and so you kind of didn't want to do it. Whereas now, you know, my girls, Phoebe, sometimes it's like, I'm really tired. Can I go to bed?" I'm like, "Absolutely." Although it is only four thirty, so we probably need to drag um, dinner and bath out for at least another hour. But you know, they 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 love that, like being able to, and I love that they can. Voice that and it's great that that your boys are the same but it's it's
1: definitely a change do you think that they are more connected to how they feel in their bodies and more connected to their own energy than we might have been as children
0: oh 100 I don't think I was connected to to my body I, I think I've only probably really connected in relatively recent years I think and again, it's quite funny just diving around a little bit here, but how it's only really recently that we're fully understanding that, you know, our mental health can actually affect our physical health and our emotional health can, you know, that they're all interlinked, which yeah. again, when you think about it is completely bonkers because our brains are inside our body for a start. So like, how could it not have any impact? It's just like, it makes no sense. But no, absolutely. Like they were all very, very separate. And, you know, I don't think I... I didn't, I don't think I really valued what my body could tell me. You know, we were talking about, and this is really too much information, guys, so you're going to love it. We were talking about our menstrual cycles the other day, and um, I now use a cup. I always was a tampon person for many, many years, and now I'm all about sustainability and stuff like that. And we we're talking, it's really fascinating as you go through to see how the blood changes and, like, the consistency and everything. And it's it's like your, your own little, like science experiment to see what's going on and it's a real indicator of how you're feeling and you can tell and it's like understanding how these can actually really impact you and and a friend of mine andy who we must get on to talk to about perimenopause and stuff like that was saying how you know it's like the sixth vital sign like if you can understand your menstrual cycle and and everything that's going on with it it actually gives you so much information about your physical well-being and all the rest of it but i never had that connection growing up like it was like it was all so. It just wasn't a thing. It just you know like you didn't talk about how you felt. You didn't talk about. You, you just didn't. You just existed. It's weird. I can't explain it, but it feels really different now. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: But I think I think that's um it, in part I think that's something that's very British and in, in its essence um you know because obviously you know as a New Zealander we're very colonial our our structures and society are very British in origin and I think that's you know very true that like. English, you know, my English gran, bless her, she was born here, but to um to parents who had English roots and they didn't talk about feelings. They didn't talk about what was going on for them. You just kind of head down and carried on. And I think that that is something that we're seeing shift as we become more of a multicultural society as well. There's more awareness. And, you know, I love indigenous cultures in particular for this that there is always there has always been a, a greater honoring of the cyclic nature of how we engage with each other and the universe and ourselves and i think we're seeing that rise now there's more consciousness and more conversation about that but like you you're totally right that you know we we weren't taught to honor ourselves even even in things like um exercise right like if we're talking about physical wellness and health like knowing that actually you shouldn't do run like you shouldn't be running every day of the month like there are some days when yes absolutely if you want to go for a run go nuts you know if you want to go for a really big long cardio workout or whatever do that that speaks somebody who does a lot of it yeah sure <laughs> <clears throat> words i use there <laughs> But, you know, but there are certain times of our, of our natural cycle where we should be engaging in more strength activity and then more flow activity and other parts like yoga and Tai Chi and the, the sort of more, um you know, more fluid kind of, you know, and I'm trying to use a word that doesn't sound like we're bleeding, but I can't. <laughs> like it's fluid, it's flow, it's. You know, like, and, but we really need to learn how to honor that because that's about putting ourselves first, right? That's about saying, actually, if I can honor myself in the way that I approach things like exercise or food or self care or, you know, my relationships and that sort of stuff, if I, if I can honor myself, then I'm inviting others to honor me too. And actually, that's really powerful stuff. When you say to someone, you know, like, I know you've got lots of friends that you kind of do um you know physical things with like go for hikes and that kind of stuff. Um I've got a couple of friends that I sort of do you know walks and things with as well. But there's there's one in particular who is just like every now and then she'll be like I'm not up for walking this week so just don't ask. She's like I'm just I'm tired. I'm low on energy. I'm, you know, I'm in that phase in my cycle where I'm just, I don't have the energy for it. She's like, but let's, let's schedule one in for next week. And immediately that gives me permission to say, that's cool. I'm going to go for a walk, but next week is my week to feel that way. So let's schedule one for the next week, but let's have a coffee in between, you know?
0: But when you start to do that, when you actually start to value yourself enough to, to say yes or no, or do whatever it is that's right for you, you're showing other people that you're valuable. So the way they treat you is different. You know, like I, I just think of that sort of, you know, the downtrodden, the, the martyr, the mother and the wounded energy of being, you know, so doing everything for everybody else and just not having any value placed that people just didn't offer any more, like, they they didn't seem to value themselves so nobody valued their role or their or what they did in society and and I think we have to take responsibility for that. I think we have to show that we're valuable. We have to believe that we have value. We have to believe that we're important, that we're, you know, there's nobody who's more important in your life than you. And yet that feels weird to say it in many ways. We're not used to being the hero of our own stories. You know, everybody else is playing, you know, leading roles and it's like, well, where am I actually? I should be front and center of this particular stage. And yet so often we're not. And if we don't do that, people it gives people permission to to not treat us with the respect that we deserve, to not be um, valued, and so we do, there is some responsibility in this that actually we owe it to ourselves to show the world that we're that we're important, that that we put ourselves first, not only for the fact that it you know helps our children and people around us, but also for us. Like we deserve to be treated like we're the hero of our own story, and people should should do that. But we have responsibility for showing up as that that role as well.
1: Yeah what's interesting I think about that is that you know we we tell ourselves all these stories about we're not good enough we're not we're not important we're not doing enough all of those things but actually it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if we don't then show up for ourselves and and care for ourselves and honor ourselves and put ourselves first like if we you know if we're constantly in that space of saying well, I'm not going to take care of myself because I need to deal with my children and then I need to deal with my partner. And then I've got it, you know, I've got, I was talking to someone earlier in the week who was like, oh, I've got this voluntary role and this voluntary role and this voluntary role. And, you know, th- those kind of mean that I don't really have time to put all of my energy into the thing that I really want to do. And I was like, so you're choosing to put your energy in those places, but then you're saying, I'm not good enough because I can't make this other thing work. But you've, you've, you're forcing yourself into that corner, right? And, and I think like we, we do have to be a little bit more aware of like when those thoughts come up for us around like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. I'm, I'm not doing enough, you know, or oh, I couldn't possibly do that or those sorts of, you know, those sorts of thoughts that are coming up. We really actually have to ask ourselves like, are we creating opportunity for that to come forward? Like, is that our own fault that those stories are coming up? And I guarantee you 90% of the time they are. it is our own fault. It's our own doing. Um, and it's the universe reminding us that actually, if we don't do something different, nothing's going to change. Great place to end this conversation on, and I think we'll be
0: revisiting it because it's actually a really important one and we have got to get better at prioritizing ourselves. Like, you know, be the hero of your story. Um, make sure that you take responsibility for how you show up in the world, because the more you do it, the more people will expect you to, and the easier it's going to become. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's uh it's been lovely to be back in this space, and uh we will be back again next week. So look after yourselves. Any final words of wisdom you always have such a lovely way of wrapping everything up and I do like to put you under pressure to uh do that so
1: you well. do um, you do a, a final and word from you <laughs> i'm i'm not going to rap because um my children will tell you that the only way i can rap is from the 90s yeah i mean i think that the whole conversation around putting ourselves first is about really understanding our our self-worth and and reframing that in a way that allows us to gives us permission to put ourselves first without that sense of guilt or shame and um you know we we do a lot of that work that's what part of what we do it's part of why we show up and um you know and it's a journey it's not something that you can that you can shoot for and say as when I get there then I'm I'm done um it's a journey and you go through your entire life shifting and changing and and all of those things so yeah, we would love to hear from you if that is something that is coming up for you. If you struggle to put yourself first, you're not alone. And you know, it's it's important that you do the work to change that, but you don't have to do that by yourself either.
0: Well we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much for joining. You've been listening to Shears Wise with Ellie Bell and Aaron Hodson. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time. And if you haven't already, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends. Thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode.